1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 3 through to the end of the chapter. Paul, of course, writes to young Timothy, the, uh, the young pastor who had uh, not only problems in the church that he was put in, but who was also being young and inexperienced, sometimes felt within him and uh, that he was inadequate for, for, for the ministry that the Lord called him for. And now Paul writes to encourage him, to prepare him, and... Uh, to, to, for him to look up to the Lord for his ministry. So 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, I urge you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to, cheat, to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim from our charge, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons by swerving from these have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. Now, we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whoever else is con whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. I thank him who has given me strength, Jesus Christ our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly and in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the most I am the foremost but I received mercy from no I received mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example of those who are to believe in him for eternal life 
to the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. With this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith in a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck their faith, among whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Just keep the Bible open for one moment and jump to verse 5 of chapter 2. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. May the Lord bless his reading to our our souls and help us to understand that. Just something personal, which I believe Hila will forgive me for. The last word I had this morning before I left was, don't feed them everything you missed on in the last two and a half years. So the sermon will not be a long one. But it doesn't mean that it is not the word of God. And therefore my prayer is that God will use his word for his purposes and feed us and build us up in our faith. Let us pray. Father, now declare to us your word. Give us open hearts and give us a willingness to hear this word. For your glory we pray. Amen. I want to bring to you this word of God this morning. The sinner, grace, and the Savior. The sinner, grace, and the Savior. There's one verse in this portion that we've read from First Timothy that we may understand wrongly. It says, now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. We know that the law is good. Sometimes, I don't know if you have noticed, some days, especially when I don't know if it's the regional court or if it's just our local court, uh, have their sittings. There are people there that I suggest 
who might have been there for the first time of first time of their life. However, there are there there are those there that I think have been there quite a few times. Now, I don't know much about the law of this land, to be quite honest. There are a few things that I abide by. I mean, you go on the left side of the road. I, I know that. And, and I know that you stop at a stop sign, and I, and I more or less know that you... Oh, well, my children would not believe that I actually use my blinkers when I go around a corner. We know certain things, but... To, to most of us, the law is not a problem. Am I right? You don't know all the detail of the law. You fill in your income tax, and you don't steal, and, and all these, and that, therefore, the law is not a problem for you. You can say the law is a good thing, isn't it? If you are on the wrong side of the law, the law is not really a good thing. It becomes a problem for you. The law is good for those who abide by the law because it not only uh, uh, provides for us a way of, 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 of uh, secure and, and, and peaceful living. I know there is a law that you shouldn't steal. Or you shouldn't break in. You know that law too? Yes. And because you know that law, that law is a protection to you. You go to bed at night and you can sleep fairly peacefully because you know that there's a law that protects you. The, the law is good. We cannot do without the law. And therefore, for those who are in the Lord Jesus Christ who is our righteousness, who have fulfilled the law for us, the law is good. We do what the law says because it's, it's good. We honor our father and our mother. We do not steal. We, we do not envy, or at least we try not to envy. Uh, and all these things. It's a good thing. So we can say that we know the law is good, but the problem with this expression, without reading it within its context, is that we might think that if we keep to the law, we've got it all. We are saved. You know, the only thing you need to do is don't swear, and, and, and you come to church, and you and you don't have other gods, and and. And you don't steal. And, and you do all these things. And so the law is good. And because the law is so good. And I can tick all the boxes of the law. I'm okay. You see there are some people who are. If I may use this expression. Just for the sake of the understanding. That there are some people that are too good to be saved. Have you come across people like that? They're too good to go through as sinners. I'm not really doing all these things. I'm not, 
I, I, I'm not like it says there, the unholy and the profane. I am not those who strike their father and their mother. I am not a murderer. I'm not sexually immoral. I do not practice homosexuality. And I'm so glad the translation that I use actually, which is the English Standard Version, do not shy away from what it really says in the Scriptures. And, and don't understand me wrongly, the Bible does not take homosexuality out of the verse here and, and, and make, makes that the, the worst of it all. It's just list with, listed with all the others. Liars! Boy, now it's, it's getting a bit close, isn't it? You know, it's just mentioned in the same line. We say the law is good because I know the law and I don't do these things. I am really a good person. Which means that I am so good that I don't need salvation. You see, it says, now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. That's an interesting expression. The law should be used lawfully. See, the purpose of the law is, first of all, for us to know that we are sinners. It is given to us that we would know what the will of God is, but it is given also to us to drive us, us to the one Jesus Christ who has fulfilled the law. And then it becomes to us a way in which we live so that we can show that we are really God's people. So, so that's one problem. One problem is that we have... Sinners who are too good to be saved. Then there are another group of people. They are sinners so bad that they think they can't be saved. I, I've done ugly things, the young lady said to me, and you would not. If you would understand what I've done in my life, think that God would forgive me. So bad that I cannot be saved. You see, when I look at the law, the law charges me from number one to number ten. It is just like a hammer, each one of them. All of the Ten Commandments, it's like a hammer that knocks me on the head and it drives me deeper and deeper into despair to the point that I can say, I cannot be saved. I am too bad. I've known people like that and... Not, not people so bad that they cannot be saved. I mean, people who think they're too bad that they cannot be saved. If ever you think that that is your problem, 
that the grace of God cannot reach out to save you because you've done all these bad things, don't despair. Because all of us, whether we are too good to be saved or too bad to be saved, all of us are sinners and we need salvation whether we like the idea or not. Steve, last week, delivered the sermon of the Lord, the word of the Lord, under that heading of the depravity, the total depravity of mankind. And he mentioned something there that I think that we need to understand. Now, that is, we do not learn to lie. We do not learn to steal. We do not learn to envy. These things just bubble out even before we want or try to to suppress them. We are like that. And now we go on to, that's the sinner part. And then now, the salvation. You see, the Apostle Paul says, I looked at my life. And I realized I was not too good to not be saved. But I was not so bad that I couldn't be saved. And he looks at his life and then he more or less lists that there. He said, the law of God did something to me because the law is good. What did the law do? It convicted me of sin. But it drove me out to my Savior. It says, formerly I was a what? A blasphemer. Now that that is bad. He said, I was a persecutor. You know what he did. He, he, he He couldn't care less if people died in the process of being persecuted because they're Christians. If they were, be, were, were, were uh, locked up in jail, and he actually said, I was an insolent opponent, which actually said he was, he was full of hatred against the gospel. That was him. But now he says, and, and, and so many verses in the Bible begin with but, to, 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 to give us the contrary. I... But I received, what? Mercy. I received mercy or grace. I received grace. And that, my dear friend, makes the difference. We all need grace. We all need mercy. And how does that come to us? Would you please just remember this verse or maybe read it up? And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. 
You see, that, that makes the difference. That God looks at us not because of us. He does not look at me because of me. He doesn't look at me and he says, well, he's too bad. He doesn't look at me and he says, well, he's a bit of a Pharisee, this fellow. He, he, looks, he, he looks good and he says he's good, but inside I know him and therefore I'm not going to save him. He says, no, I look at the lost God, says. I look at the lost and when I look at the lost, I look at them through the eyes of him who loved his own son. Jesus Christ. And it says that grace overflowed. It just had no end and limit and God in Jesus Christ took me from that as David would say, would say in, 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 in Psalm 40 took me from the slimy pit he took me from the slimy pit and he put my feet on the rock. Why? Verse 15. That brings us to the Savior. This saying is trustworthy and deserving for full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. To save sinners. Well, if we're not sinners, we miss out. And if we do not stand before God this morning and, <coughs> and hum, uh, with humility and confessing that we are sinners, too good? Maybe too bad? Then salvation might just not be ours. It's, 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 you have to, Paul says he, the, the expression he uses, this, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. He, if I may paraphrase, he'd say, you better hang on to this for your dear life because that is the absolute truth. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Now, Contrary to what we hear today, Christ Jesus wouldn't come into this world to save the world. I mean, to save the environment and all this rubbish that we hear today. You know, we have to do whatever we can to save the environment and to save whatever for future generations and all this nonsense. And in the process, the attention is taken away from who we are and what we need and what we are is that we are sinners and what we need is salvation. And that is what Christ Jesus came for. So by the way, my dear brother and sister, you know what? We need to prepare ourselves for the fact that this world will eventually run down. Okay? Something will happen somewhere along the line in uh, this old environment that we talk about now. We won't know that forever, you know. So if things are caving in according to, which I don't believe, so by the way, but if it's caving in the way they say it's caving in, well, the Lord says, if all of these things happen, consider that as the pains before the birth. Because the actual one is coming, the, the real one is on its way. The eternal one is there, where we will have an eternal home. And you might 
think that, uh, not that you, but the world might think that as long as we've got clean air to breathe, you know, you might have clean air to breathe, but our souls are still rotten in sin. And Jesus came into this world to seek and to save the lost sinners. And then he gives us an eternal home and he gives us an address there when one day when he comes and he exchanges this this groaning and this moaning world because of, because of the sin. So that he can give us a world without pain and without sin and without tears and without sickness. and with I'd rather one, one of those than I would like to have a lot of red gum trees and clean air and morally and ethically corrupt world. There is a fear that I might feed you more than I was supposed to. This church, this church, Paul says he gives to Timothy, what's this charge? To hang on to this gospel. To hang on to this gospel. He said there are others there who have shipwrecked their faith by giving that away. My dear brother and sister, may God give us the mercy to one day when it's time and the last hour has come that we will meet there. May it be, and may it not be, that you would squander away the grace of God and shipwreck your faith. Hang on to it for dear life. That's the only thing you've got. I thank you for the time. I thank God for the time that he has allowed us to be with you for a few months. A few, what's it, 18 months about. Steve said last week, he said to me, we've got unfinished business in a way. And it's true. But then again, I read of Matisalan, who became 969, 67. I mean, two years wouldn't make a difference if I'm not right there, because he became very old. But I also read of King David, who died when he was 70, and the Bible says he was very old. What, what, what does the Bible want to teach us? I think the Bible wants to teach us to say it doesn't matter how long, but if, if the time that God has said has come, it was good. I thank you for putting up with me and sometimes perhaps taking the service over the hour. Thank you for your prayers, and Hila and I will depend on those prayers for the years to come. May God continue to bless our friendship and I pray 
that if it is so that we might have a Sunday or a weekend or a week that we would like to come to Kareng, we might find friends here. And if you ever happen to go to Sydney, you will have friends there. Final word. Hang on to this word. Your life depends on it. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you that you speak to us. It may be, Father, if we think we're too good to be saved, bring us back to the point that we would understand the laws actually there for us to realize how bad we are. We think that we're too bad to be saved. We pray, Father, help us to understand that the law was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And if we know that we're not saved, teach us that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I pray for this church, Lord. It is your church. It is your people. You have called them together. You have blessed them over years. But I pray for each member, the young and old, every child and everyone who has now become very frail. Father, we, I pray that you will hold them in the hollow of your hand till the day of our Lord Jesus. Provide for them, Father, I pray, a pastor, and in the meantime, bless those who will help out with the ministry of the word. Bless those who take leadership in all forms And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ rest upon this church for your glory. Amen.